Meet David and Daniel Alexander, twin brothers on opposite sides of the world, both with a passion for creativity, business, and culture. This is where Social Origin comes in, a podcast for artists and entrepreneurs alike, a chance to listen to influencers and thought leaders in the U.S. and Australia, focusing on where creativity, business, and culture intersect to make an impact for a movement. Our vision is to cultivate a community of innovative, socially conscious thought leaders. This is Social Origin. Hey guys, we are so excited to have you with us for another episode of Social Origin. We um, we are so excited for this one. Uh, David, David, tell us who we have today for today's episode. So we've got Simon Hallsworth with us. And what I love about Simon is I actually connected with him while I was in Melbourne. And Dale, I mean, you obviously, you've, you've known him the longest. Why are you excited about this episode and the interview that you just did with Simon? Yeah, um, I'm excited to to share it primarily because Simon he has a heart, a huge heart for people, a huge heart for the next generation. Um, he's a, a coach, um, a family man. Uh, he's a dad, and you'll actually get to meet a couple of his kids while we uh, explore the the episode as well. Um, he's uh, you know he's he's a professional athlete as well as a business coach, and um, you know he's one of those people who's like a jack of all trades climbed Mount Everest, done the whole nine. And so you'll hear a little bit more about his story, but primarily you'll hear his passion for the next generation and the difference he's actually working to make um, in education. So let's jump right in and have a conversation with Simon Hallsworth. Simon, how you going? I'm doing really well. I'm doing really well. You got me at a perfect time. Just on Heartbreak Hill, actually. Uh, <laughs> walk around the tan, so it's, it's, it's good timing. Uh, I love it. I love it. And, and uh, who do you have? Who do you have with you there? Uh, well, it's just me um, walking, and uh, and Ashley. She's strapped to my front. Yeah. She's in the baby beyond where she loves to be. And James, he's on my back. Yeah. Um, he's he's he loves going on adventures, so he's up there playing with my ears while I talk on the phone. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell tell the listening audience at home a little bit about yourself, and um, and we'll dive straight into the conversation shortly thereafter. Yeah, cool. Well, I'm not normally a heavy breather, but you probably hear me breathing pretty heavy in a second. This heartbreak hill really is a heartbreaker. Um, about me, gosh, that's a, it's a hard one, I suppose, because I've I've worn so many different hats over the years. But um, but a really passionate guy, a really passionate guy who just loves uh, helping people out in whatever their endeavors are. Yeah. That looks professionally as a you know a coach and strategic alignment mm. uh, for businesses, but as really socially focused, just love getting out and helping out communities and and helping people align with what they want to do in their life, with how it can benefit community, and and um, obviously a dad and a husband and and um, and a brother to uh, three siblings and yeah, yeah that, I suppose that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> And for our um, for our American listeners, tell us where you're from here in Australia. Tell us where you're from. Okay, so uh, originally I'm from Perth, which is on the northeast uh, west coast, yeah. <laughs> on the beach where the where the sun comes up on the east, yeah. and um, and then it sets over the water. Uh, but I've been the last three years. I've been in Melbourne, yeah. um, so warm, sunny Perth over to a little bit colder, cooler Melbourne. Um, where the sun comes up over the mountain tops, and uh, it's a bit different over here. It's yeah. it's a it's a fun, vibrant place. Lots of coffee yeah. and 
and energetic people in business. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, let's dive in. So you, you have a background in, in business as well as in athletics. So I w- I'd love for you to talk about how that transition kind of came about. Um, you're, you're obviously still involved in both worlds, but we'd love to hear a little bit of your story around um, your journey as an athlete um, and as a, as a businessman and that the impact that that's made on the way you live and, and lead. Yeah, wow, that's that's an amazing question even for me to sort of think about because um, the story in itself, like, I, I sort of, it's, a, it's a story that I'd like to sit back and listen to um, because I've learned so much along the journey. I suppose in a, as an athlete, um, I was really fortunate. I was one of those guys that you hated at school that was good at everything, um, academics and sport, and, and it was, it was it, you know, tough being. But <laughs> I really found my niche with basketball. Uh, I love basketball and, uh, and I was fortunate enough to get a couple of scholarships and um, academics and basketball and I changed school for that and and I was just doing it. I was just loving it, you know, day in, day out. You know, you'd be on court probably 13 times a week. I'm mm. um, training, got to go visit the AIS and check that out and captain a few national teams and stuff and yeah. just really enjoyed the game. And uh, at the age of 16, I um, got my first um, semi-pro contract and, and then the prospects of America came up and... I was sort of at a contemplation point, you know, what do I do with with sport and um, and my passion towards young people and, and what I was doing and working with um, youth and uh, suicide and drug awareness and and things like that. Um, I mean, a big guy, uh, his name's Tony Ronaldson, his nickname was Bear, he's absolute champion in the basketball community, um, he's Australian Olympian, I think he was a captain on the Olympic team. Mm. He came down and he said to me, Simon, uh, you know, we're on the same team. Um, and all the rest of it, but uh, I just for some reason I just want to talk to you about some real life stuff. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, Tony, what have you got? Whatever you've got, I've got, I'm listening, right? And he took me out to the back of the grandstand during the training session, and he um, looked down and he just he was just watching you on court, and he said, you know, I've done a lot with my career. <laughs> he pulled down his sock and he showed me the Olympic rings, and he says, um, and I, I, I see myself in you in some degree, and I wish that somebody gave me this sort of advice. Mm. Um, I hope he's good, happy that I used his name. You know, I, I coach some ex-Olympians now, and they're like, "Oh, he should never tell you. He should have never told you this. He should be telling you to chase your Olympic dream and things like that." But he <laughs> he said to me, "You know, uh, I love I love my now uh, ex-wife and and my children, but uh, I get to see, only see them in the grandstand because I spent so much of my time um, playing basketball and and not focusing on family enough and." Because I see the way that you work with the young Aboriginal kids before you, you train and you're a passionate guy in that and they connect with you and, and then you get on court and you play with us and he just said, you know, if I was back in your scenario, I wish that somebody asked me to look seriously about um, maybe taking a route of, of, you know, community development or, or just loving people instead of spending so much time in sport and it was somewhat conflicting. I mean, I just played sport because I enjoyed it. I didn't do it because I wanted selfish gain. And yeah. I actually gave up the scholarships in America and stuff like because because uh, of what he had said to me. Um, uh-huh. And it, it's not that he directed me to do that, but he, he challenged the thought in, in me. And I said, you know, if I was to talk about what I'm really passionate about, yeah, it's sport, but uh, I played sport to influence other people. So, so yeah, that definitely shaped, um, I suppose, my heart decisions from then on. I was always going to do what was in my heart and, yeah, and um, and I, I, I look, I, I don't look back on it and regret it not one bit. Yeah. 
so I suppose the impact I wanted to have in, in the lives of young people, um, whether it be, you know, the Sudanese basketball team that we developed out of nothing. Um, they were just street kids growing up in the area I grew up in. There was a bit of gang um, warfare type uh, stuff going on. And yep. I thought, well, I'm going to get up three, three mornings a week and train these guys to play basketball. And they ended up making it to the Nationals, and that's what brought it to, no to Melbourne. And yeah, yeah. Okay, so, um, so let's talk about that. What it was was basically just seeing them for who they were um, as people. Yeah, there are plenty of challenges coming away from um, dad and, and living in a new country or mum or um, living in um, places that, uh, you know, bred uh, that sort of gang gang warfare. Mm. Um, it, but when you got on the court, they were different people. They had character. They had charisma. And it came out in in their passion in connecting with each other by passing a ball around. And yeah. Um, so I, I suppose I, I see it as a playground. I always saw the good side, but I definitely understood the the hard side of it. Mm. So we just focused on the good side. We just yep. got them in the environment as much as we could, and and then drove them towards a goal. Um, you know, talked about the possibility of going into state and, and playing in a in a in a game uh, with each other, and we're just for keeping focusing on the goal. And and um, and then if things were out of line, if there was people that were doing the wrong thing, then they just weren't welcome in on the courts yeah. until they uh, had sorted out and, and made their apologies. So, so what did we see in them? Well, we saw transformations of heart just because we passionately went towards what they really wanted to do. Yeah. And then uh, and then we had mature leaders speak into their hearts at the right time because we connected with them um, through sport. Yeah. Um, I suppose that's the thing. Is I just I was sitting down on the computer the other day and I was flicking through some of the photos and videos and but one that really stands out to me was um, a young boy who lost his dad um, to suicide, hmm. and um, and he he is an amazing kid. Is you know I take my hats off to him. But he uh, he he actually rang me and said, "Hey, look, um, I'm looking for a mentor. I'm looking for somebody that can be my dad, basically." And he was just straight up and honest with it. And he said, "And um, and I love basketball and I love what you do with other people and stuff. And I was just wondering if you could do it with me." Now this kid. Wow. 16 years of age. That's amazing. Um, yeah, and he had a heart to to change what was um, in his family before, so we were definitely on the right foot there. But um, he ended up getting, um, long story short, but ended up getting scholarships to America by doing simple things like working on his footwork, and he was just diligent with it. And mm. we'd flick text text messages back and forth to, between training. We were we're friends to me. I, I see it as I just created a relationship with him that generated a true friendship um uh, he did this he did the simple steps to get there um you know the footwork and the systematic shooting processes and things like that all the work you have to do but he also looked at his own life and and was honest about the challenges he was going through Mm. the things he thought himself to be the self-esteem that dad had left and maybe i wasn't good enough and we worked through all that sort of stuff and and then we got him um obviously on on court and just drilled into hard drills. The amazing thing for this kid was that he now had the systems and processes in his life to do whatever he wanted to do. And um, and a few weeks before um, getting on the plane to go to America, he says to me, I actually want to give a, a crack at the AFL. Wow. You know, the AFL is, you know, our country's leading support. It's, it's you know, it's elite athletes are in this. And I said, well, tell me your story. And why do you want to do this? And I said, if there's anything in your heart that you're really, really want to do, going back to the story of Tony Ronaldson talking to me, he said, do it. Now, I decided to stop playing sport. This, this, this young guy decided to 
change sports, mm. but it was what he really, really wanted to do in his heart. He only did basketball because he saw that I could mentor him in basketball. Mm. So we, we contacted the AFL clubs and he had a, he had a backstory to it. You know, eight years earlier, he was a, he was a gun um, footballer and things, but he just dropped off when his dad had passed. And um, so we wanted to get back into it. And um, so he just applied the same system and formulas. And he got straight back into the sport, and um, he's now contracted. First year players on about eighty thousand dollars for a first year player. It's more than wow. what I was getting contracted for. Sport. So, yeah. so he did really well, and he's really successful. And you know, he's um he's a brilliant sister's now, uh, being a, a young Australian of the year. She's yeah. done some great things um, with her life, and uh, and, uh, and they've got some suicide um, <laughs> awareness campaigns always running, and yeah. Um, yeah, so some great success stories there. But I, th- I think, you know, success is in is any, anything, you know, whether you're a top champion on the field or mm. whether you're, um, whether you make a small success of saying sorry to somebody and breaking breaking off some chains that have been around your ankles for so long or what have you. It's, it's all success nonetheless and people are free from it. That's awesome. Like, honestly, such an inspiring story and such an impactful story. And, um, and I, I think... I think it's a credit to you and the consistency over time um, with being diligent to actually instill good values, good character, and actually hope. Yeah, I think it's just, um, yeah, it's our call. You know, like, um, as men growing, we've got a responsibility. We've got um, young men around us, maybe 15, 16 years of age, and uh, I'm 32 myself now, and I get to look at these guys and think that... um, if you don't put your hand in there and if you don't love and support them in the way that they they, uh, they deserve, you know, it's a, it's a birthright to have somebody love you. And mm. if those things fall away for whatever reason, I just see it as a responsibility. It's an ownership in our, our lives to say, hey, I'll do my bit. Mm. And the benefit, the payoff is actually, it's a selfish thing. You, you're, you're in a, a place of love and um, just, yeah, sacrifice, but the benefits to yourself are amazing. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, if you can build a tribe around that, um, you're doing it with a whole heap of guys. I mean, I'm talking with somebody right now who's got a passion and a heart to change cultures and, and, and in, for, the, for the better, yeah. for the good. Yeah. What, what a blessing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Honestly, that's why, that's why we're doing what we're doing at Social Origin, and that's why we're interviewing people such as yourself because um, we really want to highlight good. I think that in culture and society today, um, there are so many different voices. There are so many different perspectives, so many different opinions. Um, what I'd rather do is get to the root and the nitty gritty of what's really happening and taking place. I mean, I've lost the kids before and um, it's an absolute blessing to do it. You know, after nine little Aboriginal kids in one house and, and you play dad for a while, but when you have your own kids, you know, all that training with other kids um, that aren't your own, Man, you, you've got an you've got an infinity, and having your own kids, it's like a, it's a just a cherry on top of how good life can be as a, as a dad. But I don't think the responsibility stops with having your own children. It it continues. Every we're all one family, you know. We all have roles to play. So, so Simon, um, you have a heart and a passion for education and um, and a shift in the system that that it currently is. Can you talk to us a little bit about that and uh, what's kind of spurred that on and, and just kind of give us a little bit more vision around that? Yeah, yeah, I do. I have a heart for education for sure. Um, I think when we look at the education system across the world or, or in America or in Australia, it's nothing that uh, we should 
sort of shun at it and say it's done a bad job. It, it hasn't. It's done a great job. But um, I just believe in my heart that um, the way that we educate our young people today is very hands-off. And I think it needs to be a little bit more hands-on. I think that, um, you know, as leaders and people that have been successful in life in, in one way or another, it gets to a point where it's your turn to share. Mm. It's your turn to give back. And we've got these young people coming out of university and they've done some great study and they've got a little bit of life experience, but it's nothing like the 15, 20, 30, 40 plus years that uh, that other people have got. Um, so my belief is that we really need to start to share. Um, and there are some organizations out there that are starting to do this that are separate to, to schools, share what successes we've had in life and in a formula um, and, a, and a way that young people can really hear about um, the journey we've gone through and, um, and can be taught by leaders that are successful. Um, we do that currently through camps. Um, a big brand over here, uh, I think I can say it, Toyota. They're a great brand in Australia, car brand, and, and also overseas as well. They've got you know 20 of their uh, most successful leaders coming out on camps and um, we're trying to get them together with um, some young Aboriginal kids who are, um, are benefiting from these guys uh, just talking into their lives and sharing with them. And they, in, in return, the Toyota also benefit from um, these young guys sort of speaking into their lives in, the, in a way that mm. they're also fun loving and they're building rafts and they're having fun together, but they're also talking about the serious stuff. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, shift in education in that we're giving back to um, community and, and, and young people, um, especially. That's amazing. What difference have you seen made in um, people's perspectives in terms of from the business world or from a student point of view? Well, yeah. Um, I, started, I started my uh, first endeavor into education with a young kid uh, by accident, um, before the night before, I was meant to start working at a school after coming out of the mining industry, working 12-hour days. I thought I'll just do six hours and, and work with kids as, um, you know, youth, as passion. The first kid was, um, it was a phone call and said, look, this this guy's carer can't take care of him anymore. I've only been with him for three weeks and has resigned, like I said, nah, like he's terrible and, yeah. and uh, can you help out? And uh I said, yeah, sure, why not? Um, I was six foot four, I wasn't a small guy and this kid was violent and aggressive and I thought, well, surely I can help out if this if this kid wants to have a go, I'll, I'll be safe enough. Yeah. And very quickly learned that he he couldn't win a battle against a big guy who had a strong heart that loved him more than what he loved himself. Mm. And I suppose the story is really about the education then came later. The relationship came first. Yeah. The battle this kid was having inside was that he nothing could nothing could happen. Um, nothing could happen for him until he broke out of all his anger and he was allowed to do that. Mm. And um, when, when, we, when we built the relationship on the basketball court, actually, um, we were able to take him to the classroom. He, he was truanting and he was standing on top of the building sometimes saying he's going to jump off and wow. these terrible stories and throwing balls at teachers and stuff like that. And all this stuff, I didn't even get to see any of that. <laughs> but by the time I got there, I, the relationship was built between him and I straight away. Yeah. And he was the first kid in class. He he, he rose to um, an A, a student. And, uh, wow. and that was a huge success for somebody that just, he, he had the capability. He just didn't have somebody saying, hey, no matter what you do to me, I still love you, mate. Mm. Um, and also, you know, I, I knew how to study as well. So I could teach him the, 
the side things that he definitely needed for education, which is my point of if successful people were giving back, they've got the formulas to help these kids through. All they need to do is have the relationship so they can give them the formulas. And, and for me, at the moment, this is camps. Eventually, it will be campuses. And that will do it for us for today's episode. Thank you guys so much for joining the journey. Remember to share and subscribe. David, what's one takeaway from today's episode? One thing that impacted you? You know, when I listened to Simon, it really gripped my heart for the uh, for learning again that you have to be committed for the long haul for the kids that you're mentoring. When you're making that investment point, they need to know that no matter what they do, you're going to be there with them through the thick and through the thin. Uh, and him sharing and the, the experiences and stories uh, really, really inspired me to do that uh, personally within my own life. And I hope for our listening audience that you will take the effort, make the effort uh, to make an impact in the lives uh, of young people that are around you. And, and really commit to them and let them know like it doesn't matter what you say or do like you're in it for the long haul.